0: Good morning. Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show on this sunny, sunny Friday Eve. I'm always happy, as you know, when we get to the weekend or almost the weekend on the cusp. I'm delighted this morning to have joining me again on the show, one of our listener favorites, Ben Fuchs, who is a pharmacist, and he has graciously agreed to take uh our your calls at some point during the course of our conversation we're going to start out by talking about nutrition and how important it is obviously good morning ben how are you
1: good morning matt great to talk
0: to you again well thanks for joining me again and as i said our listeners are always excited to have you uh, on the on the show and and to tune in or to have the opportunity to ask a question you know we were chatting off air and wanted to talk about nutrition because i mean i I I tried very uh hard to once the as I call it the shamdemic of 2020 came about I ass- assessed my eating habits and my you know my lifestyle and and made some changes without having to have the government tell me to do it Good but you. uh you know I think um in in Wisconsin we can all make our generalizations of course it's a big cheese state and uh-huh. beer and cheese I guess but uh uh, you know, everything, I I suppose, in moderation, but that may not even be the case because each one of, as you were explaining to me off air, each one of us uh, has a unique body that reacts differently to right. various foods.
1: That's right. And there are foods that people consider, we, as a culture, we consider to be good foods. Raisins, uh, peas, beans, oranges, uh, pack. Uh, uh, fish, packaged fish, there's egg yolks. Uh, these these are they're foods that we consider to be good foods that can have molecules in them called histamines. You know, like, for example, you've heard of antihistamines. The histamines associated with, with uh, you know, runny noses and itchy eyes and hay fever and such. Well, there's histamines in foods. Leftover foods, for example, have histamines in them. Um, raisins and cherries can be high histamine foods, and these can be problematic and create the same kind of problems when you eat them as you have when you have hay fever. In fact, many people think they have hay fever or, or seasonal allergies, and they may have a histamine issue because they're eating a lot of avocados or a lot of eggplant. Uh, there's also compounds in foods, uh, so-called good foods that are, are called salicylates, are very similar to aspirin, that some people react to. For example, um, there's vegetables that we would consider to be um, that we may consider to be good foods that could be a problem for some people, uh, broccoli and. Uh, cruciferous vegetables can be problems for some folks and there's no real way to know except for doing what I call a food diary. A food diary is when you eat a food or eat foods and you see how you feel from a digestive system perspective, from a runny nose or or a, uh, itchy eye perspective, <coughs> excuse me, or from a brain fog or fatigue uh, perspective and you take notes and you see what foods are your particular problems and here's something very simple to, for you and for listeners to understand. All chronic disease, whether we're talking heart disease or we're talking about cancer or neurological issues or dementias or movement disorders, etc., all chronic disease, autoimmunity, all of them begin at the level of the intestine, period. You know, there's a concept in philosophy called first principles. Have you ever heard of this concept, first principles? I haven't. Keep going. First, prin- first principles is a philosophical idea. It says whenever you're solving a problem or you're trying to accomplish something, you start off with a, what they call a first principle, which is a foundational basic assumption or proposition. And you start off with that, like, a, it's like, an, like an atom. You can't break it down further. It's the building block of true knowledge, the first principle of, of everything. So, for example, if you want to make money, your first principle is going to be, I've got to create value in the world. If you want to be healthy, your first principle is going to be I've got to exercise. These are things that you don't break, can't break down. This is first, your first assumption or first basic principle, and everything builds on top of that. And this is a philosophical concept and a scientific concept. Scientists always start with a first principle and then work upwards. Well, when it comes to chronic disease, all of it, and by chronic I mean a disease that does not that, that where you don't recover. Most most illnesses in the body are uh, the body handles and recovers. You get a cold, you you heal. And that's a classic example of how the body can recover. But met most of our health challenges in this country are degenerative in nature. That I means they get worse. Instead of recovering, we get worse. Think about all the health problems we have in this country from diabetes to, to autoimmunity to cancer to heart disease, et cetera. These are degenerative conditions where the body does not recover. And this is the first principle when you're dealing with a degenerative condition it always begins at the level of the digestive system, specifically the intestine, the small intestine. And that's the first principle. I don't care what your health challenge is. If you can work on, on the small intestine, and of course that I means food, because nothing gets into the small intestine that you didn't eat, unless you're injecting things. By the way, if you inject things uh, into your skin uh, through your skin, you can get stuff into your blood, to, uh, uh, bypassing the intestine. But for most people, it's going to be ta- uh, everything gets into the blood through the intestine. So we have a saying on my radio program and when I do my presentations: all disease is cell disease, and all cell disease begins with dirty blood. And all dirty blood starts off, unless you're an IV drug user, starts off at the level of the intestine, which means food need needs to be respected. We can, if we want to be maximally healthy, and, and not everybody does, by the way, Mag. You know, some people just want to enjoy their life and, and you know, indulge their bodies and not necessarily be maximally healthy. But if you want to be maximally healthy, food has to be regarded with great respect, like a drug. In fact, food is a powerful drug. And that means... If we want to be maximally healthy, we can't eat like our neighbors. We can't enjoy foods like the standard American diet. You know, lions don't eat because they're depressed. Animals in the wild don't eat because they like the taste of something. They eat because they need to eat, and they stop eating when they, when they stop needing to eat. And so we have to begin to understand the relationship, the connection between food and the digestive system and our illnesses. And I hate sounding like this sometimes because it sounds so preachy, you know. But as a healthcare professional, I have to be honest. And I have to level with people. And so while I take the risk of sounding preachy and sounding like Mr. Organic Guy, et cetera, we, you can't get around the fact that what we put into our mouths and into our digestive system in the way of foods has the, is the single most important, impactful uh, life, lifestyle, ex, lifestyle protocol or lifestyle experience that we have. And it's as simple, Meg, as if we're sick, as, stopped, as to stop eating. And that's called a fast. And for most people, they'll notice if they have a chronic health challenge, especially if they're dealing with chronic pain or chronic inflammation, that they feel better when they stop eating. And you're in the heartland there in Wisconsin, and I love my friends in Wisconsin, (laughs) but the foods that people eat in Wisconsin are horrific. You know, the the dairy and the cheese and the milk, and and while it's important to have a little... And the fried foods, absolutely. And I don't... I really don't like to beat people up or to be preachy about these things, but as a healthcare professional, I watch people suffer. And I get the letters and I hear the phone calls and I see the people in person. And the pain and the suffering and the agony and the the psychological distress that are associated with degenerative illness are so heartbreaking. And this heartbreak is compounded by the fact that it's so easy to turn around. And forget the supplements, which are very important. Just simply by changing the way we eat and by eating less food. You know, make a fist in front of you there. Are you making a fist? I am. That's how big your stomach is. How, many, how much food do you think it takes to fill that fist up?
0: Well, Not much. Right, if right? it's that size. That's your stomach. Unbelievable. And so, isn't that? And I mean, think, cause about, think about our plates.
1: Think about your plate, exactly. I was about to say that. Think about what we put on our plate. You know, you can be happy and satisfied with one or two bites of something. And all we really need is 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day, and most of us are getting triple that. And it adds up. And again, I don't mean to sound preachy. I or... say
0: preach it on, brother. <laughs> I hate
1: doing that, you know. But as a healthcare professional, I see the suffering. And it breaks my heart to see people suffering. And once you have a chronic disease, uh, you know, it's really it's not too late, but it's the body has been... Bombarded with toxicity for a long time. You know, we have a. You're talking about the shandemic, right? And right? I love that term, by the way. <laughs> There's a condition called long COVID. Have you heard of that? I have. Yes. All right. I get. I'm guaranteeing you right now. Anybody who has long COVID is dealing with intestinal uh, with blood toxicity from the intestine. You have you heard of chronic Lyme disease?
0: I have. Yes.
1: Same thing. Same thing. And unfortunately, I love my doctor friends. I have a lot of physician friends. They're not equipped to handle lifestyle issues, nor are they trained. They're not trained to do that. Doctors and the medical folks, and I love them. I'm not ripping on them at all. They're trained to help us to keep us surviving, not to keep us thriving. You you can't go to a doctor to have these things addressed. That's not their skill set. They're beautiful people. This is not about ripping on the medical folks because they're beautiful people. I have a lot of friends who are doctors and physicians. and They want to help people, and they're good folks. But you know what, Meg? If you have a carpenter, and he's the best carpenter in the world, and he makes the best cabinets ever, and you go to him and say, hey, hey, Mr. Carpenter, my transmission in my car is messed up. I want you to fix it. He's going to take a hammer and nail and he's going to destroy your engine, and he's going to destroy your transmission, because that's not his skill. He's a carpenter. So if you go to a carpenter to ask him to fix your car, he's going to ruin your car. If you go to a doctor and ask him to fix your lifestyle-based chronic, degen- lifestyle chronic degenerative disease, he's going to ruin your body. He's going to give you drugs. He's going to take organs out of your body. He's going to tell you it's genetic and there's nothing he can do about it because that's not their skill set. But it doesn't matter because we can do this ourselves Mm -hmm. through, number one, watching your food, number two, and correcting digestive issues, number two, making sure you're on a good nutritional supplement program. And by the way, health from a physical perspective is the end result of spiritual, mental, and emotional aspects and dimensions as much as it is physical, so leveraging spirituality, mind power, and correct emotions are all part of the healing and the health process, and between all of this, spirituality, mind power, working on your, emotional, on your emotional stuff, your EQ, and getting on a good nutritional supplement program, understanding how your body works, being kind and loving to your body, we can leverage this beautiful, amazing biological system for 120 years, that's our lifespan, 100, every animal has a lifespan. human lifespan is 120 years, Meg. We're lucky to make it half that much, or three-quarters of the way we consider ourselves lucky. We're leaving health on the table. We're leaving longevity on the table. We're leaving joie de vivre, joy for life, on the table. And it breaks my heart to see my patients dealing with these situations, but it's so heartwarming to see people turn it around when they start to employ these concepts and these first
0: principles. So how does a person, you talked about a food journal. And, um, and, you know, I, I guess for me, I just started really paying, I don't do a food journal and, and I probably, and, and I will, but um, 2024 is the year to do it. Okay, but good deal. I, I guess what I'd like to ask is, so if the, indeed there are foods that, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the right word, that uh, provoke histamines in your body. Or contain histamines. Okay. So is there a way to uh is is there a way to uh train your body not to react in that way i mean especially if they're healthy foods and you enjoy i mean because you mentioned cherries and I, you know i don't, cherries. I, don't I, have no, a, I didn't
1: say that. by the way i don't mean everybody's going to have a problem with what? cherries or strawberries oh, or watermelon, yeah. right so but some people might mm-hmm. cauliflower pickled vegetables right. fermented foods some people might have problems mm-hmm. so here's what it takes and this is the number one issue that we have when it comes to health we don't understand our bodies we don't have a, a grasp on how our bodies are functioning or even on what symptoms are. Sometimes I'll tell people, watch for your digestive symptoms, and they'll say, well, I don't have any digestive symptoms, and I'll start talking to them, and they'll tell me they got heartburn or they got gas or they're constipated. They don't realize these are digestive symptoms. So the first thing is to understand our bodies. You know, you've heard of IQ, obviously, mm-hmm. intelligence, intelligence quotient, I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of EQ? I have. Okay, so it's emotional quotient, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of PQ? Have not. Well, because I made it up. But you, when I tell you what it is, you'll know what it is. It's physical, uh, our physical intelligence. It's understanding our bodies. We live in these bodies. It's almost like we're this, you know, Meg, if you think about this, this is a kind of weird weird but this is really important. If you think about this, where, are you, where, is, where is Meg right now? If you are not your body, right, what is Meg? Meg is this unconscious energy. Or, I'm sorry, this conscious energy, this invisible energy. You could
0: argue unconscious, too, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, you're aware. You're listening to my words, and you're sitting in your chair, and you're in your environment. You're aware. There's a consciousness part of us. And physics is telling us this now, too, by the way. There's a consciousness part of us that's invisible, that can't be touched, can't be hurt. And this consciousness resides in the body. The body is almost like our ride. It's our vehicle for this lifetime. And this body is so amazingly complex and so responsive and so intelligent and so loving and kind and so resilient and so forgiving. And so what we want to do is we want to understand how our bodies work, what our heart's doing, where our pancreas is, how our liver is responding to certain nutrients. We want to begin to, to be curious about how our body's functioning. You know, when you love somebody, don't you want to know everything about them? You know, even if you love your dog or your cat, even if you don't have a spouse or a kid, you don't you want to know about them. You want to understand them. Well,
0: a friend, that awesome? too. You right? can say that. A friend, even. Right. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. Somebody you love. Mm-hmm. Who's your friend? You want to know about them. What makes them tick? Where, what, how were they brought up? What makes them happy? What makes them sad? Well, we want to regard our bodies that way, Meg. Our bodies are our best friends. Our bodies allow this invisible consciousness to have this lifetime experience for however long we have it. So we want to begin to understand and be curious about this friend, be kind to this friend, be grateful for this friend. And part of it is understanding what to put inside the body and how our body's responding. So this is why a food diary is so important. And I guarantee you, Meg, when you start writing down everything you eat, you're going to be shocked by what you find out. You'll say, oh, my God, every time I have corn, I feel bloated. Or every time I have uh, plums, I get gas. Or every time I have beans, I have brain fog. I'm just giving you examples. Every time I have uh, pickled vegetables, I get a rash. These are things we want to know, and then you eliminate those foods. That move alone will have such a dramatic impact on your health for the rest of your life, you're going to begin to respect every morsel, and this is the way it should be, that you put into your mouth. And as I said earlier, something as simple as cessation of food for a day, or even for, for 12 hours, can go a long way towards, number one, helping your body Recover from the constant assault of toxicity, and number two, sensitizing yourself to where your problems are. Things go under the radar. So Say you're you're eating cheese every day. You won't notice if you have gas or bloating or constipation, but if you stop eating cheese and then start again, all of a sudden the symptoms will become more profound. They'll become more obvious. The contrast will be much more clear to you. And that's why laying off food for a day or two, in addition to the fact that you're giving your digestive system a food food holiday, a break, it's important because it will resensitize or sensitize you to the kind of symptoms you're having. So understanding our bodies and understanding how our bodies are responding to our lifestyle choices is the very first step in the healing process. And it's just a question of being kind and loving to your body.
0: So I'm curious, what... What is it, or why does it happen that we have a reaction to, I mean, let's just say, and let me think if I can, well, I mean, I know the obvious ones. I, I have allergies to apple skin. I'll just use that as, a, as an example. Okay. Why is it that I have an, a reaction to uh, the skin of an apple, whereas my husband can eat an apple uh-huh. and just bite into because it? Because
1: we're, and- all, we're all biochemical biochemically individual. We have our own biochemistries. Now, there are, in, in terms of broad strokes, you know, we all have hearts and we all have livers and we all have stomachs and we all have intestines, et cetera. In terms of broad strokes, we're all the same. But when it comes to this, the biochemistry of the body, our genetics, our lifestyle experiences, our, uh, our, our past, our history, all of these are going to play a role in how we respond to specific foods. And that's why you can't go by lists. You know, they have these good food, bad food lists. They're not really that accurate for some people. And uh, what you read on the Internet uh, is good food or what your doctor tells you or what you heard on TV. We are all individuals, and every one of us has a a uniquely crafted immune system, a uniquely crafted digestive system, a uniquely crafted biochemistry. And difference. this is a great thing. This is what makes the world such a beautiful place. We're all different on many levels. But we're all different in terms of how we respond to things. You know, some people—you're—you're you're enjoying this conversation, presumably, right now. But For there's sure. some people are getting there's some people are getting angry. <laughs> there's some people who think that this guy Ben is crazy. You know, we're all different. We respond to things differently. So your husband can have apple skins and you can't. The the key point is to recognize that you cannot have apple skins. Mm-hmm. To recognize that you have a problem with corn to recognize that you have problems, your own specific issues, and then to navigate around them. And that's really what life is about, Meg. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to be a great sea captain by sailing on calm seas, right? You get to be a great sea captain by handling challenges, mm-hmm. by handling the waves and the and the shoals and the reef and learning to navigate. And that's what our lives are about. Our lives are about learning to navigate. And there's going to be holes, potholes everywhere. And there's going to be Trap doors everywhere. And this is what makes life exciting and adventuresome. You know, I don't forget who said it, but said, somebody said life is either a daring adventure or it's nothing at all. And that's what our lives are. They're daring adventures. And it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of courage just to be alive and just to stay alive and not to check out. And that's what makes, it, that's what makes a life great and that's what makes a human being great. And that's what we're here, I believe that's what we're, we're here to do. We're here to be great. And we're here to understand how life works in general and how our bodies work in specific.
0: Okay, so gotta I, I can't let the apple thing go yet, quite yet. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. so I, and, and just this is based on reading and who knows if it's even accurate or not, but uh, I, I remember, distinctly remember when I was a kid, my mom always used to cut the skin off the apples when I was little, and that was obviously to help me chew it. And I think she, I, I know she believed that she was, uh, she was doing me a favor by uh, taking the skin off the apples. Well, uh, obviously there came a time when I was an adult and made the decision for myself or whatever, an older, whatever, teenager or whatever, and I ate apples with the skin on, and I got that allergic reaction. Do you think that I, I maybe always possessed some sort of allergy to it, but I never it developed an load. immunity to it?
1: No, it could have been what, <laughs> excuse me, there's a phenomenon called load in the immune system, where the immune system, functions like a, the immune system acts like a camel's back. And it turns out that your, the immune system, that's your defense system, can handle a certain amount of load. But then one thing will get on top of the camel's back, and it will break the camel's back. So when you start to remove the load from, say, dairy or, say, um, peanuts or beans or soy, it may be that you can handle apple when you start to remove the load. But if, you, if your immune system is loaded with lots of uh, antigens or a, uh, allergic chemicals, chemicals that induce allergies, that apple skin may be the last straw, as they say, straw that breaks the camel's back. And so by removing the load, you can, um, you can uh, allow the body to be, to be able to handle other antigens. So it may be that you're just loading up the immune system. There are things, apple allergies are not that common, but they occur. And it might not be to the, you know, it could be to the scanner, it could be to the, the, uh, and allergy, I'm using the term allergy loosely because mm-hmm. intolerances are not yep. the same as allergic reactions. I'm just using that term a little bit loosely, but there are things in apples that people can react to, absolutely. So, again, you have to watch for your particular symptoms. And by the way, for parents, they've got to watch for their kids' particular symptoms, especially you know, babies and infants, who are uh, notoriously ab- abused with formulas—the uh, the things that you buy in the supermarket when, you, if you can't breastfeed, those things are absolutely horrific for mm-hmm. children. And I understand that you know, if you can't breastfeed, you got a problem. You, you know, there's an issue there. But make no mistake about it—you're setting your kid up for uh, a lifetime of immune problems, or worse, by giving kids formulas. Oh,
0: it just. It's really interesting. And so I'm gonna set this up. We gotta take a a news break. I'm hoping you can hold over. Cause I really, I I wanna just finish this topic um, when we come back. But then I would uh, want to open up the phone lines to calls because I know that people love to to ask questions and just really enjoy you being Absolutely. on the show. But, I mean, h- and, and I'll just tee this up and then you can answer it on the other side. But how do you get started? I mean, when obviously yeah. you do the food journal, but I mean, how do you figure out what to eat in the meantime? So Great question. We'll, 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 we'll start with that once we come back from this break. <laughs> Pharmacist Ben Fuchs is joining me on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU. We shall return momentarily.